When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mind Flayers You believe your problem started when you took a left instead of a right, and ended up traveling further underground rather than escaping the labyrinthine caverns. You're hopelessly lost at this point, your light is fading, and you hear strange noises echoing throughout the tunnels. Suddenly, you stop mid-step, and your mind goes blank as you struggle to remember what you're doing or even who you are anymore. Ahead of you, on the edge of the shadows, you see a pair of eyes gazing at you, and the figure steps closer to reveal a humanoid entity with a face filled with tentacles. Stunned and unable to move, you stand helpless as the figure spreads its tentacles and closes them around your head. This is an illithid, more commonly known as a mind flayer, certainly one of the more terrifying species of creatures to live beneath the ground. Mind Flayers are highly intelligent, evil entities with a fearsome mastery of psionic powers that seek to enslave or devour the minds of any other sapient creature they come across. They are among the most iconic monsters in the world of D&D, and we'll be taking a brief look at their capabilities, their history, and their societies. Mind Flayers first appeared not in an official D&D book, but rather the first issue of the TSR newsletter, in their Creature Features section from the spring of 1975. The article describes them as super-intelligent, man-shaped creatures with four mouth tentacles that it uses to strike its prey, penetrating the brain so that it can devour it. They also possess the Mind Blast power, capable of a variety of effects based on the target's intelligence, from insanity, to confusion, to stunning it, or even death. This info is mostly repeated in the Eldritch Wizardry supplement a year later. They would go on to be featured in the first monster manual for AD&D 1st edition, and an ecology article would be written up about them in Dragon Magazine number 78. They would of course appear in the base monster manual for every D&D edition from then on, being a principal monster, and would also be featured in a number of different adventure modules and supplements, expanding them with variants and player character options. Much like the Aboleths and Beholders I've already covered, the book Lords of Madness for D&D 3.5 edition features a chapter devoted to mind flayers, and I'll be drawing most of my info from there. Let's start with the basic illithid biology. They resemble thin humans in height and build, but possess a softer, moist skin, mauve in color, with one less finger on each hand, and only two webbed toes on each foot. Of course, their most notable physical feature is their head, resembling an octopus more than a human, with four tentacles around their mouth and two pale white eyes lacking pupils nestled beneath a prominent brow ridge. Their tentacles can vary between two and four feet in length when fully extended, but typically they are much shorter when the illithid is relaxed. 
The tentacles typically writhe almost constantly, and conserve the creature as an additional set of hands due to their incredible dexterity and strength. Even more frightening, the tentacles excrete a powerful enzyme that dissolves their target's skin and bone, allowing them access to the brain. In fact, it works so quickly that the tentacles appear to simply stab through the target's skull like soft clay. As one would expect, the Mind Flayer is covered in a layer of unique mucus that protects itself from this enzyme. The primary reason Mind Flayers target an individual's brain is due to their unique physiology, in which their nervous system is connected throughout their entire bodies, acting as one extended brain. Because of this, food they consume passes through what is essentially a cognitive digestive system, allowing the illithid to collect enzymes, hormones, and particularly from brains, psychic energy from their victims. Looking at their reproductive cycle is where illithids really start to differ from most sapient races. Two or three times throughout an adult illithid's life, they will hermaphroditically spawn a batch of around a thousand eggs into a briny pool, which will hatch after about a month into newborn mind flayers, resembling tadpoles. These tadpoles will spend 10 years in this pool, surviving on a diet of a fatty mash of brain material and other organs prepared by a nursery attendant. After this time period, they'll have grown to about 3 inches in length, and are on the level of frogs in intellect. The grand majority of the tadpoles won't survive to this point though, most of them being food for an entity located at the bottom of the briny pool, known as an elder brain. We'll get to the elder brain in a little bit, but let's finish with the tadpoles. These tadpoles of course don't continue to grow into the common form of mind flayer we're familiar with, but rather the ones that survive after a decade are considered the strongest of the pool, and are ready for the next step. This step is called ceramorphosis, and involves inserting the tadpole into the ear, nostril, or eye of a helpless humanoid captive. Over the next few days, the tadpole will burrow into the victim's brain, consuming it, and growing larger until they have effectively replaced the brain entirely. They will also meld with the lower brain stem, and take control of the target's nervous system, acting as basically a parasite controlling the victim's body. An individual can be rescued before this process finishes, but it must be done quickly, and it's certainly tricky to get in and kill the tadpole without killing the victim as well. But hey, it's D&D, so generally the victim's head is simply crushed completely, and then a resurrection spell is used. Typically though, there is no rescue, as the ceramorphosis process is done on captives held by the illithids deep underground in their cities. They will generally only perform the process on victims of specific heights and weights close to normal human size, and entities such as halflings and dwarves are never used. At this point, the Mind Flayer is basically an infant despite its fully grown appearance, and the process will rapidly transform the target's former appearance and biology to that of an illithid. For the next 20 years, the fledgling illithid will learn and develop their cerebral capabilities, and will seldom be let outside the security of a Mind Flayer city. 
Emotionally, a mind flayer is almost always seen as calm and dispassionate, and are often believed to have few emotions or at least a great control over their emotions. Instead, they often feel extremely intense bouts of negative emotions, such as anger, envy, hate, fear, and pride, but they completely internalize it. The closest a mind flayer gets to happiness is of course when they are consuming a brain, but it's mixed with extremely sadistic and hateful overtones. Negative emotions encapsulate a mind flayer's life, and greatly contributes to their society's way of existence. Let's move on to discussing Illithid society then. The origin of mind flayers is completely unknown, although it's believed that at one point in the ancient past, they ruled over an empire spanning across multiple worlds built on slavery and domination. The slaves of course eventually revolted, the empire crumbled, and now the mind flayers wait underground to eventually rebuild it. To make things even more confusing, it's believed that the mind flayers that built that empire actually came from the far, far future, as they escaped to the past to avoid some unknown adversary. All their history really tells us though is that they are a species defined by their capacity for domination and enslavement. This is a mutual goal among illithids, and their time is spent expanding their population and accumulating as much knowledge as possible in order to shape their future. They of course build their cities underground as they detest sunlight, and treat the surface world as essentially their laboratories, a place where both small and large scale experiments can take place to help them learn. They might meddle in politics among non-illithids just to learn what pitfalls their own empire should avoid. Their most ambitious goal, rather surprisingly, is to discover a way to extinguish the sun. They seek a world entirely bathed in darkness, where they can operate on the surface rather than underground. Presumably this would have some unfortunate side effects, but it's their goal nonetheless. Their day-to-day -day operations largely revolve around the accumulation of brains, a vital resource necessary for Mind Flayer's existence. These brains must be directly harvested from the skull of a living victim, and each Mind Flayer requires a bare minimum of one brain per month, otherwise they suffer debilitating health problems, including death. Ideally, they will consume one brain per week, leading to no effects of deprivation but in reality it ends up being closer to one every two weeks. Keep in mind that these numbers are per mind flayer, so a community of 100 illithid needs 100 brains every two weeks. This is a tricky task, and it's the reason why illithid communities very rarely grow over 100 in population. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are three methods that illithids rely on for brains. The first is breeding their own supply from enslaved thralls. 
Mind Flayers will use their psionic abilities to keep sapient creatures around for the purpose of producing offspring meant for brain consumption. While shockingly horrific, this really isn't an ideal process, as creatures like humans take too long to mature and breed too sparingly to be used as a primary source, and other species that do mature quickly and breed more often, such as goblins, aren't as ideal for brain consumption. The second method is of course preying on any foolish intruders that wander near illithid communities, with adventurers and their wealth of experience and magic being the tastiest. Mind flares aren't immortal, of course, so there is some danger in this method, and intruders don't pop up nearly often enough for this to be a reliable method of feeding. That leaves the third method, in which a group of mind flares will aggressively raid a community of sapients, either below ground or above. These raids will reach far and wide across the region surrounding their community, and they'll prey on practically any creature of intelligence, but prefer surface creatures if possible. Due to their incredible psionic powers, a small group of mind flayers can teleport to an unsuspecting community, swiftly feed on their targets, and return back home. Repeated raids over the course of a number of months can easily wipe out an entire community as their capacity to fend off the illithids decreases. After their feeding, they will hide the bodies so that others in the community only believe them to be mysterious disappearances. Feeding raids are simple though, while raiding for captives is a bit trickier. There's too many individuals involved to simply teleport in and out, so things are done in a bit more mundane way, involving a convoy of illithid and illithid thralls rounding up victims and taking a long trek back underground. The new captives are driven very hard and are fed very little to keep travel weight down, so it's certainly likely that only half the captives will actually make it back. The mind flares themselves won't usually travel with the convoy back home, instead teleporting in to check on them before teleporting back. So basically, mind flares live their lives somewhat similarly to the drow living in communities deep underground while raiding the surface world with greater aspirations. Most of the illithid don't look at the big picture though, instead focused on their day-to-day -day goals. The big picture is left to the Elder Brain, the entity I mentioned earlier that resides at the bottom of the tadpole pond. An Elder Brain is the indisputable leader of a Mind Flayer community, despite its existence being a bit of a mystery even to them. To the Illithids, an Elder Brain is timeless and ageless, an amorphous writhing bulk of tissue composed of the brain matter from deceased Mind Flayers. Anytime a Mind Flayer in a community dies, its brain is removed from its body and cast into the briny pool to be absorbed by the Elder Brain. This process is cherished by the Illithids, and they fear a death in which their brain cannot be added to the Elder Brain. This melding process wipes out any individual traits that the deceased Mind Flayer might have possessed, and simply their intellect and knowledge is joined to the superintelligence of the Elder Brain, although they do falsely believe that their identity remains. As mentioned, the Elder Brain also feeds on the many tadpoles that grow in the pool above it. 
Regardless of how old it actually is and how much it is fed upon, the elder brain is around 8 to 10 feet in diameter, continuing to grow only in knowledge and experience as time goes on. Its intellect is foreign even to the Mind Flayers, who lack the psionic power to penetrate beyond the shallowest layers of an elder brain's mind. The elder brain does communicate with the Illithids in its community though, and their command is the final word. Some elder brains are complete dictators, directing every step of the Illithids' lives, while others allow for a bit more freedom, some serving more as advisors than leaders. Their psionic power gives them complete awareness of any living entity within the community, making it very tricky for an intruder to sneak in. They can also telepathically connect two distant mind flayers, a feat they would normally not be capable of. Primarily though, it's the Elder Brain's intellect and wealth of knowledge that is their key value to a community, capable of concocting plans and schemes far beyond a normal individual's capabilities. A number of Mind Flayers believe that all of the Elder Brains are working towards a singular goal, and will eventually meld together into a single all-knowing and all-seeing brain. Another type of leader that might crop up in an Illithid community is actually a rather unique variant of Mind Flayer known as an Ulitharid. These are quite rare, and an Illithid community with a single Ulitharid considers itself lucky. An Ulitharid grows as a tadpole just like normal, but spends 20 years maturing rather than 10. Once inserted into an individual's skull, the Ulitharid will transform the body into a unique Mind Flayer form, one standing 7 to 8 feet tall with six tentacles around its mouth rather than four. The Ulitharid is treated as something akin to a prophet upon its transformation, and they swiftly rise to powerful positions in the community, often traveling to other Ulithid communities that lack an Ulitharid. The Ulitharid is more powerful than an average Mind Flayer, but it certainly is not the most powerful among their species. The Illithid value their psionic abilities, and typically ignore the studying of magic and sorcery. Those that choose to go down this road are shunned, and are ultimately banned from joining with the Elder Brain upon death. The Mind Flayer sorcerers that accept this fate will instead seek out an alternative way to extend their life. This of course leads them down the path of Lichdom, and although many won't succeed at becoming Liches, there are some that do, and they are truly fearsome foes. These entities are known as Alhuns, or Illithaliches. They still largely resemble a normal Mind Flayer in appearance, but lack the mucus coating, and thus their skin looks dry and cracked, although not many could tell the difference at first glance. Other variants include Mind Flayer Vampires. Mind Flayer Ropers, known as Urophions, and a very rare creature known as a Neothalid. These are created when an Illithid community falls apart, and the tadpoles in the pool grow hungry enough to devour one another. The one that survives the process grows to the size of a small dog, and climbs out of the pool in search of food. Once it devours a sentient creature, it becomes self-aware, and its psionic potential awakens. It is savage and feral, but highly intelligent, 
and will continue to grow as it devours more and more food, potentially becoming truly massive in size. Mind flayers are irredeemably evil creatures that are a constant plague on most other sapient species. Their power, their cruelty, and their goals of domination make them a considerable threat, both in the Underdark and in small, remote communities. Fortunately, they have no allies, and they especially fear the undead, who have no minds to enslave or consume. The Illithid are among the scariest and most dangerous entities in Dungeons and & Dragons, and have reliably built that reputation over many years. While it's unlikely that the Mind Flayers will ever extinguish the sun and dominate the planet, that's not going to stop them from trying. 